1: Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Aristotle suggested that um, the goal in life is to maximize our happiness by living virtuously, fulfilling our potential as humans, and then the last thing he talked about was engaging in friends, family, and others in mutually beneficial uh, situations. And it's that last part where the danger lies. So we're going to explore that a little today. We're also going to talk about Napoleon Hill and the power of the mastermind. So Uh, Hill called the mastermind a secret ingredient for success uh, where you pool intellectual, intuitive, and creative mental resources. I think most people who watch this uh, lesson every week would probably be pretty familiar with Hill and his work and the power of the mastermind. But for new people who aren't, the idea is when two or three or more minds meld together, a greater consciousness is created. So if I'm just thinking about a goal I want to accomplish, that's a certain level of mental firepower being uh, directed to that. If I tell my friend Wes Linden about it, and he's thinking about it and has some ideas, there's a little more mental firepower. But if him and I get together at a coffee shop or on a Zoom meeting and we're having a conversation about it, it's 1 plus 1 equals 3 or 1 plus 1 equals 5. So those two things, that's what we're going to link together in the lesson today. So good morning from Miami, good afternoon, good evening, wherever else in the world you might be. Uh, Do me a favor, please check in in the chat box. If you haven't already, let us know who you are, where you're uh, watching from. And same thing, we replay this every Monday on my YouTube channel. We post it. Um, So if you're watching the replay there, uh, please check in there. And we also put it up every Monday on my Power Prosperity podcast. So if you want to listen to the lessons while you're walking your dog on the treadmill, uh, taking an airplane flight, remember those airplane flights? Um, that's the, uh, the uh, podcast gives you the ability to do that. Your homework from last week. One of the things I challenged you to do was to put together a mastermind, a watch party three, four, five people, you know, people of consciousness, who would appreciate these kind of lessons, this kind of knowledge, and to get them on there on here with you. So it's not too late to do that. If you haven't done that, um, please, if you scroll to the scroll down to the go up to the top of the chat, I put the zoom link. Now, do me a favor. Don't put that Zoom link on social media, because when we do that, we get all the trolls and the only fan porno stars and the people desperate for attention. And so uh, I don't know that it's best to put the Zoom link there, but but Zoom send the Zoom link via text or WhatsApp or signal or telegram to people of consciousness that, you know. And just ask them to get on this one with you, because part of what we're going to talk about today is going to be some homework, working with them. It's going to be about really practical application of putting the mastermind in use. So let me just check in and see what we got going on here. Great crowd in the house. How do I open this up? As usual, Paula Zaragoza is our master of ceremonies. She keeps the trains running on time. And I have Jose Lopez and Jorge Melendez who help out. Jorge and Jose actually do a Spanish version of these teachings every week. Um, So one of you, please type in in the box, the link for this week. It's about, I think it's two hours after this one can't remember what the time change. Uh, Derek Lord, blast from the past. Good to see you in the house. The lovely and talented Lornette is here. Mary Ellen Lapp, good to see you. Reno Romano is back as usual. Scott McAvoy, good to see you. I love what you're Doing with the works, Fetson. So we've got UK, Panama, Costa Rica, Seattle, Finland, Thailand, Cali, Colombia, Prosperidad, Para Todos, Peter up in Toronto. Uh, there we go, Kenya. So we got a good crowd in the house. So welcome. And again, that's still, if you didn't get your two, three, five people, uh, give them a shout and get them on with you. Um, this is what I call the prosperity unchurch. <laughs> it's not a church, it's not a religion, but I do a lesson on the principles of prosperity, generosity, and free enterprise. Every week, I try to model the behavior I'm teaching. So we don't we we kind of we we put out a metaphysical collection basket and just say, hey, we want everyone, I want everyone in the world who needs this information to have access to it. So I put it out there on a pay whatever you desire basis. So if you want to support the work, it's just randygage.com forward slash go. RandyGage.com forward slash go and support the work so we can keep getting it out there every week. Um, Let's begin with the homework from last week. One of the the big assignment I gave you was to identify the, the lesson in case you missed it last week you can always go back to my website you can watch the replay but the lesson was creating a vacuum for prosperity And the homework was, what are you hanging on to that you need to be releasing? So I'm looking for volunteers, if you would either put that little yellow hand up in your box or just wave to the camera, uh, if you're willing to do that. But before you do, let me give you this, something I want to be really mindful of that I think is really important. We talked about things you release, and sometimes it's not a thing you release, but a person you release. And judging by my DMs and the emails and comments I get in the live events, uh, a lot of people have recognized they may have a toxic person in their life that they need to release and sometimes this toxic person is abusive and it's dangerous. This is somebody who's mentally, physically, or both abusive to you. Um, if that's the case, please do not volunteer that information here. It's really important you for your own safety that you not make public declarations about that because This is recorded. It's posted on the internet. We have about 2,500 people who participate in the lesson each week, either live replay video or on the podcast. So it's out there. It's a permanent record. So please don't share anything that could come back to haunt you. So having said that, uh, I'm looking for someone who'd be willing to share let me see. I got a couple of screens here. Okay, so I see Brandon uh, on, is volunteering. So, Brandon, I have uh, asked you to unmute. Would you want to share your homework for the week, please?
0: Mr. Randy Gage, yes, sir. Uh, pleasure to speak with you always again, sir. Um, yeah, just thinking about this, great topic. Uh, two things right away that I'm going to cut out right now is one, I thought maybe it was in my cards to be part of MLM um, only because I was in for the relationships totally. But now that I realize um, I'm, it's all about my philosophy now. So now I'm just going straight on to my philosophy, kind of like you. It's I love your philosophy. I'm using, it's. it falls in line perfectly with my philosophy. Oh, I mean, it's great. And the other thing is my library. Um, I mean, I'm throwing some things. I'm not going to throw them out. I'm going to sell them on eBay. But uh-huh. some of the things I want to focus on is clearing the shelves out of my library. And I know, I mean, I have a limited shelving space, but I know when I clear something out, it's going to make room from something else. And I'm getting some great books. I'm going to refill it right away right now. Um, one of them is The Magic of Believing, which I'm going to pick up probably today. But that's, it's speaking to me. And those two things right away. And And I just want to share one more quote. Um, I'm just excited to speak with you, Mr. Randy Gage. (laughs) But it's by Bruce Lee. And I had this saved on my desktop background. And it says, it's so perfect. It says, it is not daily increase, but daily decrease. Hack away the unessential. And it falls in line perfectly with just cutting out the unessential and getting to the root, getting to what's most valuable. Like I thought maybe I was going to go into MLM and I know that you're in MLM or we're in MLM and looking now, I think it's, it's, for me, it's all about the relationships. And with MLM, it's like you have, you're speaking with people that are more business oriented and I'm looking for the relationship. I'm just more curious about the relationship side. So like with MLM, your time is limited to where you're focusing your time only on the people that are interested or business minded. Right. But I want to focus in on anybody who I have a connection with, that's what I'm into. Like I'm interested in people's souls, like their God source. That's what's most important to me now. So even though I still, I like this MLM company I'm with, but I'm it's going to be more focused on my philosophy, just like, like, like what you're doing, just how, I just want to show people how to live in this moment. It's all about the moment. And and, yeah, I just love this moment with you, Randy Gage. Thank you, sir.
1: (laughs) All right. I love it. Thank you. A couple of thoughts I want to share on what Brandon just shared. Um, First of all, direct selling MLM, you can, um, you you will create a culture for any team you create, whether you build a direct selling team, if you're a vice president of operations in a corporate environment if you're the uh, uh, director of a nonprofit, you're gonna create a culture. And so if you really are desiring of that human connection, you'll build it in whatever model you choose. So don't worry about the model because that really will uh, be determined by who you are as a person. Um, And, the reason I love direct sale. And by the way, I'm not really active in it, but I still get residual income from it um, because that is one of the principles we talked about here on a couple of lessons is to apply the concept of leverage. So anytime you can apply less. So I like direct selling. I like real estate. I like being an information entrepreneur. I like anything that allows me to transcend the physical limitations of trading hours for money. So always look to that. And we definitely will explore more of that in some future lessons. Um, And by the way, I I thanks Peter up in Canada shared his uh, kind of vacuum he's creating down in the the chat group um, where he looked at something that he used to do And looked at something else he wants to do. So that's a great example of that. And let me, is there any other volunteer real quick before we jump into this week's lesson? Uh, Let me get to the next screen. All right, I don't see anyone. Let's go into it. Um, I called this message your circle of power. And I chose that title because I think it addresses both of those areas that I want us to explore this week, which is the the people you spend the most time with, the environment you set yourself up in, more even más importante, the ecosystem that you create for yourself because the ecosystem is physical, it's spiritual, it's mental, it's metaphysical, it is surrounding you and it's absolutely impacting your thoughts in every moment in every day and your thoughts are what will create your reality. So I want to to really do a deep dive into this. So your levels of health, happiness, and harmony, and the quality of your relationships, marriage, and career will be the average of your sacred circle. They will be the median of the ecosystem that you created for yourself. It's shocking how accurate this is. So you guys who, who worked, you know, who looked at Jim Rohn's work over the years, you know, it's probably one of the things he's most famous for was his, and I don't think he, I, I, I don't even know that he developed this. I think he always talked about his, this man who was his mentor, Mr. Oh, was his name again, somebody, Somebody give me in the comments Mr so and so that he worked for who was his mentor. I think it was that guy who said, "Hey, your income is going to be the average income of the five people that you spend your most the most time with." So with the Ness. Yeah. Sean, Sean uh, I can't, Shump, can't get maybe, I can't pronounce it. Earl Sean maybe? I'm trying to think. Um, there Earl is, is the Earl Shaw Earl Shope, Brandon's got it in the chat. Yeah, Earl Shope. Okay, Uh, or at least he thinks. But anyway, we're going to operate on that assumption. (laughs) So um, Earl or Jim, one or the other or both, said, "Hey, your income is going to be the average of these five people you spend the most time with." I take that further, and I've said, "Hey, your relationship is going to be the average of your relationships of the people you hang with. How harmonious." or dysfunctional are those relationships. Your marriage will be the average of the five couples that you guys hang out with. And I'm gonna give you a wild card that comes into play in marriages in a minute. I believe it's true in health, in mental harmony, in every area of prosperity, You've created this ecosystem, and a huge, huge part of this ecosystem is the people you allow to speak into your life. Somebody type that in the comments. The people you allow to speak into your life. What does that mean? That could be a little league coach, could be a guidance counselor at school, could be your rabbi, Iman, your minister, priest. It could be your spouse. I'm sure it's your spouse is one of them. But the people you allow to influence your thoughts. Because remember, thoughts are things. Thoughts manifest things. Um, So what I'm going to suggest, really important, guys, is that you may have created unknowingly, subconsciously created an ecosystem of lack and or limitation. And so I really want to do a deep dive in this this week because I know there's breakthroughs here for people in this room today. If you're willing to explore this, and if you're willing to go up to 30,000 feet, look on yourself from above and really um, become the thinker of the thought, not the person whose thoughts are being manipulated by others and outside and external factors. But the thinker of the thought who mindfully chooses the people they allow to speak into their life and then mindfully processes the information, the stimuli, the memes, the tweets, the Instagram posts the comments in the hallway the comments at work in the water cooler the lesson you listen to at your church mosque temple or synagogue the blogs that you read the podcasts that you listen to that you mindfully process all of those with discernment and say does what what is the core foundational premise of this is this premise truly correct? Do, and be willing to question the premise. So, let me give you some examples. Let's talk about money. Money's a pretty sexy topic here every week. A lot of people on here would like to manifest more money into their lives so they could manifest other things they could do, have, or become with their lives. Um, so what's the ecosystem that you've created about money? So the example would be what are the money conversations that you're having with the people, what I'm going to call your sacred circle. Sometimes you hear me refer this as your kitchen cabinet or your kitchen board of directors, your sacred circle, meaning... The four, five, six people who you allow the most unfettered access to speak into your life. So what are the conversations that you're having about money in those things? Is the conversation, oh, I'm broke, man. I don't get paid till Friday. I don't know how I'm going to get by till Friday. Is the conversation, well, the... I know you got your electricity cut off, but my landlord gave me a three-day eviction notice. You know, is that conversation about lack and limitations? Or have you surrounded yourself with people who are saying, hey, do you have a Robin Hood account? Hey, did you hear about the IPO that's coming out in three days? Did you hear about the SPAC? that Clover uh, Healthcare used to go public. You know, did you invest in that SPAC, right? Uh, Little homework, if you're not really cognizant of financial, if you don't really feel you have strong financial literacy, uh, I have a blog called Beat Your Burn Rate. So if someone would type that, or even even better, if someone would put a link to that in the comments. From my blog, Beat Your Burn Rate, there's a series of three blogs. And by the way, Jorge put it in Spanish, too. So Jorge, maybe put a link to the Spanish version of that as well. Um, but if you don't have anybody in your life that you're bouncing those ideas off of because you haven't created that circle of financial power, you're going to get held back let's talk about happiness. I was reading Jordan Peterson's book, the, the first one that really, <coughs> excuse me, uh, rocketed him to fame, which was the, now I'm gonna, what's the name of it? The first one, the 12 Lessons for Life, or 12, I think it's 12 Lessons for Life. He'd done he just came out recently with a follow-up, but I was reading the first one, and he was talking, he's a psychologist or psychiatrist, I don't remember which one, but he talks about the kind of support system that people need to be successful in life, and that when he's, uh, he's working with a patient in his private practice, that's like one of the first things he looks for is, do they have a support structure? Do they have a career? You know? not just a career, you know, let's start with a job. Do they have a job that they go to? Do they have a home? You know, do they actually, you know, there are people that are homeless, right? That's, there's no support structure there. So one of the first things he looks for is, do they have this supporting environment there? And I got to tell you, you know, I, I coach a softball team and then we've got one team in the league, which is a, um, it's formed by a, a, a twelve-step chapter for people who have an addiction, and if they're in the group, then they can play on the softball team. Um, and so, I have players who live in halfway houses, and you know that's. And then, uh, if they fall off the wagon, they can't stay in the halfway house, and they have to go through detox before they're allowed in the halfway house. Right? These are support structure, right? So. Ask yourself, so I think back when I was really uh, what I used, you know, often call a professional victim. Uh, At that time of my life, being a professional victim, I had surrounded myself with other professional victims. So we could commiserate with each other all day and talk about how unfair everything was and how it's everybody else's fault and how we never had a chance to be successful. And the reason reading Jordan's book, I realized, yeah, I I didn't have a support structure around me. And I surrounded myself with other people who didn't have a support structure around them. And in times of pandemic like this, I think it becomes even more so uh, where we've we, you know, we, we some of you are in lockdown places right now and you can't even congregate together. So, it's a real issue. So, you've got to be mindful about how you can recreate this with text and phone calls and Zoom meetings and things like that. Uh, Think about health. You know, what are the conversations in health that you're having? When I look at my WhatsApp messages, you know, and my signal messages, because I'm leaving WhatsApp. So, I look at the signal right now. I had uh, 10 messages back and forth between Art Jonak and myself yesterday about the eight sleep mattress, which I just bought yesterday, right? Um, Because uh, that he's already bought. So I was asking his take on it because he bought you know it's one of these sleep systems where they have sensors on your mattress and they track your heart rate and your blood pressure and your I don't know what the hell all kind of stuff and then you you have an app and you could see uh how well of a sleep and what was causing you to disrupt your sleep because I ever since I had COVID I was waking up three four five times a night and so you you wake up five times a night. You wake up in the morning. You're exhausted, and so I reached out to Art. Hey, does the you know here's what COVID did to me? What does this sleep system do for you? And do you think it would help me? And his answer is, yeah, I think it would. And so I did some research, some things. But the example here, not to go down that rabbit hole, but that's the conversation I'm having with him. I have other people the conversation. Okay, what are you doing for cardio? How long you know are you doing the keto fasting you know what time do you stop eating at night what time do you do your cardio in the morning what time do you start eating protein again right those are conversations i'm having hey what's the workout routine you do hey what what are well, you know what are the, the the exercises you're doing for your upper body you know hey what's your leg workout look like those are health conversations Talking about diet, right? I have a lot of those conversations. Uh, So yes, Lornette, I already added you. So you'll see she's sending me a message (laughs) because she's on, uh, (laughs) I already already added you. So Um, those are conversations in your circle of influence, right? Relationships, again, I say your relationships are gonna be relationships median of the people you hang out with. How many people, like we all have friends who are in dysfunctional relationships, right? It happens. There's a lot of dysfunction in the world today. Um, and when somebody's going through a rough patch, we don't throw them out of our life and say, oh, wow, she's in a negative relationship. I don't want to talk to her because she depresses me. No, if we love her and care about her, we're gonna be a listening board for her. We wanna be a sounding board. We wanna help her work that issue out, right? But the question is, is that what your whole circle of power looks like? Is it all people in, or mostly people in dysfunctional relationships that you are commiserating with every day? And then look at career, right? The um, and by the way, before I leave relationships, you know, we have relationships and then we have the relationship, which is usually marriage, but not always meaning the relationship with your significant other. And this is where there's a wild card. And let me tell you what the wild card is. You may say, OK, yeah, we, we have these five couples that we hang out with. And this is, you know, they all have happy, well-adjusted marriages. But there's two other wild cards in the equation. And that is your parents and your in-laws. Or your parents and the parents of your significant other. Because those, those wild cards are probably what set your view your core foundational belief about marriage before you were 10 years old, right? So if, if you had a uh, mother uh, who was abusive, mentally abusive to your father, if your father was cheating on your mother, if they were bickering all the time, you, you developed a core foundational belief about this is what marriages look like when you were seven years old. And at the same time, your significant other did the same thing. So what I'm saying is, if you were raised by parents who ended up divorcing or very dysfunctional and your significant other had the same experience, those two couples are the equivalent of 20 other couples that you socialize with. Because those beliefs are so strong, so ingrained, so emotionally charged. Same thing. Let's suppose you are the child of an abusive parent. You're the child of an alcoholic. You're the child of a drug addict. You got to understand that relationship is 10 or 20 times more powerful than the current relationship you have with your best friend. That's 10 or 20 times more powerful than the relationship you have with the person you work next to for eight hours a day. Those current relationships, yes, they're strong. They're powerful. They're in your circle of power. They're in your sacred circle. But you got to recognize the wild cards of your parents where you had 15 to 20 years of formative experience during the most impressionable time of your life. And in those cases, this is where we have to go back and erase beliefs. We have to destroy old belief. We have to learn, we have to unlearn more than we have to learn. So this is why I bring those up. So some other uh, practical application in this sense. First one, before you let someone into your inner circle, you had better make sure they hold a higher vision and have your best interests at heart. Before you allow them to speak into your life, you need to think about, do they have a higher vision? Do they hold a positive vision? And muy importante, do they have your best interest at heart? I have guys on my softball team that want other guys to fail. Even though it's their teammate and it might cost us the game. It might cost us the championship. It might cost us the world series, but they don't care about that. What they care about is that guy is playing second base and I want to be playing second base. So they root for him to fail. They want him to have a bad day. They want him to go 0 for 5 cuz they're hoping I'm going to take him out of the lineup and put them at second base. Or that person is batting lead off and they want a bad lead off, so they they you know, publicly put up this show of support, but actually they're trying to undermine, they're trying to do a little Tanya Harding thing on them. And your brother could be doing that to you. Your sister could be doing that to you. Your mother or father could be doing that to you. Because sometimes, you know, dad has his daughter playing soccer because he wanted to be a soccer star when he grows up and when he grew up and he's living vicariously through her. And sometimes that parent is jealous if the child is gonna be too successful. And they internalize that as, wow, if my kid becomes successful, that's gonna take away my excuse for why I wasn't successful. And I'm not prepared to confront that reality so subconsciously, they work to sabotage you. You know, if, if you were always compared to your brother or sister, right? It creates not just a sibling rivalry, it can create serious subconscious sabotage issues one way or the other, or sometimes both ways. So it's really important that, You, Because we're talking about creating masterminds, we're talking about who you allow to speak into your life. It may look like somebody on the surface is your biggest fan, but they might be somebody who actually has an agenda to sabotage you. And you have to be mindful of that. So that's the first practical application thing I want to mention. Um, the second thing, practical application, be aware that sometimes this sacred circle may include people that you don't spend a large amount of time with, but they're very, (coughs) excuse me, influential in your thinking, um, such as a spiritual leader, a professor or a mentor. So you might have a you might have five people that you say, because one of the things I'm going to ask you at the end of this is, hey, who's in your sacred circle right now? Who is your mastermind group? Who are the people that you're allowing to speak into your life? And you may rattle off four or five names and say, that's it. Those are the people I spend the most time with. Right. If you work with somebody and you're across from their desk, or you're next to their desk or their cubicle, and you spend eight hours a day with them, they're probably one of your power circle, even though you didn't consciously choose them. The fact that if you're both working the counter at 7-Eleven for eight hour shift every day from seven to three, or whatever, they're probably a pretty high influence on you. So you may think you know who the five or six people are, but even though you only see your minister for one hour a week, if you're, uh, you know, enthralled with the message and the teaching of your minister, that one hour a week, they may be in your sacred circle and you're not aware of it. Right. I I see people in the in these rooms that I see every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Right. You're here every week. So you spend one hour with me every week. So my influence with you may be stronger than somebody that you spend eight hours a day with five times a week because you don't really um, hold them in the in the regard that you hold me or vice versa you got to think about that stuff. Who is there a, um, a mentor that, you know, somebody who looks out for you at work, somebody a couple levels up on the corporate ladder and they have lunch with you once a month and they are kind of agreed to be your mentor. So maybe you only have an a in-depth conversation with them for an hour, an hour and a half every month. But if you've really positioned them as your mentor, they could have a, 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 a much more influential influence upon your thinking. So be aware of that. The next part I want to discuss is actually setting masterminds. I love mastermind groups. I have, I've been a member of at least uh, 15 different mastermind groups in my life. And one of the most enjoyable, rewarding parts of my career is that I was able to uh, conceptualize this as part of my business, right? I started a coaching program 15 years ago called Breakthrough You. kind of a play on Breakthrough University, right? And I had three levels of membership and there were people who got a daily awakening message every day, five days a week. And then there was a middle group who uh, got a monthly webinar kind of thing? And then I had what I called my Jedi Council, which were the people they paid like $15,000 a year. And we got together in person two times a year. We would go to mastermind retreats for four or five days to Paris and Panama and Fiji and Tahiti and Hawaii and Prague and all kinds of different places around the world. Um, and uh, I did that for many years. And then I kind of let it, I, I shut it down because it was so much work dealing with all of those three levels. Um, but I kept getting demand for the, the, the top level one. So I actually recreated that, uh, I don't know, four years ago, I think. And I just call it breakthrough you. And it's only the high level people. And they, I do a brief for them every month. We do a webinar together every month. They get all kinds of perks and things. Um, and I just adore working with that group because the level of commitment financially, mentally, time-wise is it weeds out all of the tire kickers and the tourists right the only people who I actually do an interview for people before they can get into that group so sometimes i i can you know every now and then i get somebody who applies who's really just a taker and i recognize that they're not really appropriate for the group so i don't approve their membership Um, but most of the people uh, uh, all of the people that i approve are brilliant people and So these mastermind sessions, I've been able to kind of institutionalize the process for myself. I have these brilliant, mad genius, creative entrepreneurs, uh, authors and coaches and consultants and thought leaders and political leaders that I get to brainstorm with, right? So um, I've been able to make it part of my business model. But even before that, I was a member of uh, like I say, I've probably been in 15 or 20 different masterminds over the years. And the, the, it's just a powerful experience. So if you, if you don't have one, think about doing that. And then the other thing is I created a mastermind um, maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago of billionaires that I said, now I've been fortunate, right? I have had the opportunity to work with several billionaires, but most people never get that opportunity. And even me with all of my reach and work and books and everything, I really only had the chance to interact with a couple of billionaires. Um, But even before that, I created a billionaire mastermind of Sir Richard Branson, and Mark Cuban and Oprah Winfrey and people like that, that I just created a mastermind with them that they don't even know they're a part of. That I just said, okay, these people, I'm gonna read every book they ever wrote. I'm gonna watch every interview I can find with them. If I see any biographies about these people, I'm gonna mind them for knowledge, for wisdom. If I see Uh, columns they wrote. I'm going to follow them on social media. I want to know how they think. So you create a virtual mastermind. And I think this is why we live in one of the most exciting times in human history, uh, because of our opportunity to do that. Uh, And you do it with your social media timelines, right? So I tell you, I think the greatest mastermind that I have right now is my Twitter account. People say, well, that's so rude. You only follow a thousand people, but you have 150,000 who follow you. Why don't you follow everybody back? No, I have no responsibility to follow everyone back. I have no inclination, no desire to follow everybody back. And in fact, I would never follow everyone back. Because the people I follow are the people I allow to speak into my life. And they have to earn that right. Now, maybe that sounds arrogant to some of you. If it does, I want you to check that out because that's a serious issue if you felt that way, if that was your gut reaction. Because as your prosperity coach or your prosperity mentor, I want to tell you, you need to make sure everybody you follow on social media has earned the right for you to follow them by looking at their timeline, at what kind of material they post. So I have Bob Berg and Steve Keating and Balaji and Anne Lamont, the writer, Naval Ravancant, Linda Chavez, the uh, political expert, Kurt Mercadante. I have these people that I follow on Twitter. That's a mastermind for me. So, when people tell me, oh my God, it's so negative on social media, well, how is it negative? You chose to follow those people. So, if you are talking about how negative the people on your Facebook page are, you need to click off this uh, Zoom right now, go to the bathroom and look in the mirror and have a meeting with the person who set up your timeline. You. Because you chose all those people to follow on Facebook, okay? Um, Then let me introduce another concept that I... Let me see how I am time. Okay, good. Um, Another concept I just think is sexy. And that is meta masterminds. Okay, meta masterminds. So I've set up meta masterminds of authors. I have meta-masterminds of speakers. I have meta-masterminds of softball players, right? Different areas of my life that are important to me, I have collated. Is that the right word, collate? No. Um, What is the word? When, if you own an art gallery and you select the art, that goes in that gallery. There's a word to describe that process. Um, curate. Thank, thank you. Curate. Peter and Mary Ellen got me. I have curated these meta masterminds so that when I have a new book coming out, right? Bob Berg is in my meta mastermind of authors, right? He's had the 10 or 12 bestsellers, hundreds of thousands of copies. He's the co-author of the Go-Giver series with John David Mann, right? So I would never even think about putting out a book without asking Bob, hey, Bob, would you be willing to look over this manuscript? Give me any feedback on that? Steve Keating, Lisa Jimenez, other authors, you know, Stephen Pressfield, People like that, Victoria Labomb, that I know I can run my work by. And they know the publishing business. They know the craft of writing. They're critical thinkers. So their knowledge is very valuable to me. Same thing with speakers, right? I have co-members of the Speaker Hall of Fame with me right? So when I'm looking for an idea for a new keynote, I'm thinking about crafting, I have people in that group, Chad Hymas, Ford Sakes, uh, Terry Shodin, people that I can bounce those ideas off of. And they're my meta mastermind. I have a softball meta mastermind, right? So I'll give you an example. I was, man, we had two games last week, And we desperately needed to win those two games. Have a new team, just stepped up into an upper division, formed a team. We've been scuffling. And we had a team, you know, we had a chance to win two games and we really needed to win those two games. And I'm the coach and so I was trying to do everything I could to, um, you know, get my team to those W's. And I was scuffling. I didn't, you know, I made two outs right away the first game. And so finally, I asked my friend Carmen, hey, do me a favor, get your phone out, film my next at bat. I need to see that. So she, I saw exactly what I was doing with my shoulder. Next thing, boom, boom, I was raking the ball, right? But I have people that I can send that video to and say, hey, do me a favor, check out this video of my swing. What do you see? They're swing coaches, right? Um, In all of these cases, what I want you to understand is it's a value for value exchange. So this is the big part of masterminds and the big part of meta masterminds is you got to know what are you doing that can add value to that. Why is Bob Berg willing to read a 70,000-word book of mine and give me a constructive critique on how to structure it? Very simple, because he knows he can always send me his 70,000-word book, and I'm going to go through it with him, right? and give him valuable insights and suggestions. He may like them all, he may not like them, he may adopt some of them, he may not adopt some of them, but he will hear out what I have to say because I add value, because I'm also a best-selling uh, you know, author around the world with many millions of books. Um, So my speaker friends, I'm in the Hall of Fame. I've spoken to more than 2 million people. I've built a successful career for 40 years doing this, right? So I have value to add to the context. So please don't fall in the trap of take a millionaire for lunch, right? Which is the simplistic advice that drives me crazy. Whenever I find out who first initiated that idea, I'm going to hunt them down and hurt them. Because I get five of those requests a week, right? No, don't, you know. And again, you know, we talked about this on an earlier lesson. You know, it's what happens. I always end up buying lunch. I spend two hours with somebody and then they don't even follow through with the advice, right? So forget, take a millionaire to lunch, okay? A matter of fact, let me start a new one. We're going to start a new trend, okay? Take a millionaire to Ibiza, OK, if you want to pick my brain, say, hey, Gage, I'm sending a private jet. I'm going to fly you to Ibiza. And I want to have a couple of days hanging on the beach with you. OK, if you take me to Ibiza. OK, I'm going to chat up you with your next concept. Now, um, I'm only being half facetious with that because um Some of you victim people are going to say, well, of course, I don't have the money to take a millionaire to a visa. That's why I'm asking them. You know, you're so rich and famous now. You don't you forget what it was like when you were poor. No, I didn't. I never forgot what it's like to be broke. I'll never forget what it's like to roll up two rolls of pennies and buy one dollar worth of gas to put in the car that I bought at a post office auction that didn't even have a passenger seat because that's where they kept the mail trays, the car with the floor rusted out that I could stick my feet through like the Flintstones. Okay, I will never forget being poor, but I'm not poor because I recognize that the people that I wanted to get advice from, the people I wanted to become my mentors, the people I asked for help, I would have to find a way to provide value to them. Right? The, uh, you know, every time I do a public uh, seminar, right, we get people who say, hey, uh, I want to come to Randy's seminar, I don't have the money, but I'll come early, I'll set up the chairs in the room, I'll sell his books at the back of the room, I'll take tickets, I'll be the security guard, you know, just tell me what do you need, I want, you know, they're offering value, right, so, and because they show that initiative to offer value, they already identify themselves to me as a person of higher prosperity consciousness, that is worth to spend some advice with right i see lovely paula sitting there in the screen paula knows she can whatsapp me or signal me with a message and hey i got to i you know i got something i'm thinking about doing can i get your advice of course she's going to get my advice she runs this broadcast every week for for you guys right she didn't she, didn't get, she doesn't get paid for that. She didn't get hired for that. She offered to do that, right? She just said, hey, you know, there's some people, you got some crazy people in the chat. Do you need help with the moderator? You know, Jose, Jorge, the same way. They say, hey, you, you want some help with that? They said, hey, we, we want to take this message and put it out there in the Spanish-speaking world, right? That's I have people who are doing that in French and people who are doing that in Czech Republic and People are doing it somewhere else. Right. That's prosperity consciousness. They're adding value to the equation. So um, think about that. So I want you looking at mastermind groups, physical and virtual, and then meta masterminds. Uh, All right. I'm going to give you the assignments before that. I'm before your assignment. I will tell you this. I'm not going to do the offering statement. I'm not even going to do that every week. We're just going to, Paula, can you put up the page, the go page? It's just for, if you want to support the work, it's just randygage.com forward slash go. There is an offering statement on that page, which you can repeat as you send in whatever you want to contribute, but uh, I'm leaving it up to you guys. You know, You contribute to support the work, what you think the value is. All right, let's talk about your assignments. Number one. Decide who is in your sacred circle. You should know this. I should be able to wake you up at 3 a.m., shine a flashlight in your face and say, hey, who's in your sacred circle? And you better know who those names are. Numero dos. No, actually... I'm going to make that number three. I'm going to wait. I'm going to with. So let's go. Number two is create at least two meta masterminds. You know what's some area of your life, your career, something that you want to work on. What's a meta mastermind you can create there? And then the third assignment, I'm moving because this is going to take some work. I want you to rebuild your social media timelines. I want you to mindfully go and look at who are you following on Twitter, who are you following on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of them, and start muting and unfollowing people who are not calling you to become the highest, possible version of yourself let's cleanse the timelines and invigorate the ecosystem and you know build up your the healthy ecosystem if you're not following me on twitter and clubhouse and some of those follow me Uh, If you're not subscribed to my Power Prosperity podcast and my blog, sign up to be a subscriber uh, and upgrade your timeline, upgrade your ecosystem. All right. So that's your homework for the week. Remember, we're going to check next week. There will be a test and I want to see who really got serious about this. Uh, So thank you all for watching. And let me tell you what we're going to do next week. The topic is, How to create a talent catalog for abundance. How to put together a collection of talents of yours, personal talents of of yours that will help you attract and manifest more abundance. So thanks for watching, everybody. Have an amazing week. Peace, love, and unicorns.